Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, December 2nd. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, the city of St. Louis plans to invest more than $7 million over the next three years on an anti-violence program. Care violence is not the solution to gun violence, but it's relatively cheap and it has effect and it definitely should be in the toolkit of any city. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman reports, the program is being greeted with some skepticism in one of the neighborhoods where it will be tried. That's coming up in just a few minutes. First, the news. Missouri and Illinois farmers will soon receive the second round of payments from the federal government to make up for losses from the trade war. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports farmers do not see a resolution anytime soon. Trade disputes and high tariffs from China have hurt the ag export market going on 18 months. Blake Hurst is the president of the Missouri Farm Bureau. He says farmers he talks to are still publicly supporting the president for now. Privately, uh, when they meet with their bankers, when they go over the checkbook with uh, uh, their business partners and their spouses, I would imagine uh, that support has a limit. Hearst was in a meeting with Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue last week and heard comments that the trade dispute could be over by the end of the year. But Hearst says farmers have heard that before, only to see meetings canceled and President Trump tweeting a renewed hardline approach to negotiations. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All. St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis is joining more than 300 cities around the world in committing to ending the HIV epidemic by 2030. Mayor Lida Krusen marked World AIDS Day yesterday by signing the Paris Declaration on Fast-Track Cities. It establishes specific treatment targets to reach that 2030 goal. St. Louis officials say more than 6,000 people in the region have HIV disease, which includes AIDS. Most live in the city. A University of Missouri report shows mental health care still dominates telemedicine services in the state. A research group analyzed claims from Medicaid recipients who use those services. Mental health care comprised 65 percent of the visits in 2016. That's the most recent year for which information is available. Missouri Rural Health Association Executive Director Melissa Van Dyne says taking care of mental well-being is necessary before treating a patient's physical problems. If you look at a person holistically, if they're feeling hopeless and helpless, you can provide them with all other kinds of services in the world, but they're not going to truly take advantage of all of those services if they're feeling hopeless and helpless. Van Dyne says telehealth services are starting to include more specialties, like teledentistry. Researchers at Washington University are working with NASA to study ice on the moon. As St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports, the research could help the space agency's next manned lunar mission in 2024. NASA would someday like to be able to use the moon as a launch pad for deep space exploration. If astronauts can mine for lunar ice, they can split the hydrogen and oxygen from water to make rocket fuel. Photos from an orbiting spacecraft have detected ice in shadowy craters near the moon's poles. WashU scientists want to know where it came from. Physics professor Ryan Ogliori says they'll study that by making fake lunar material in a chamber that will simulate the moon's environment. We're making like a mini moon in the lab. 
and that will tell us what type of water we can create on the moon. The team of scientists received a $7 million grant to study lunar ice, methane, and ammonia for five years. I'm Eli Chen, St. Louis Public Radio. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Why not start the post-holiday work week by sharing your thoughts about the Gateway? Rate and review where you get podcasts. Also, email us, feedback at stlpublicradio.org. The Dutchtown neighborhood in southeast St. Louis has seen anti-violence initiatives come and go, from the Dutchtown-Mount Pleasant Crime Reduction Partnership to the Peer Plan to Hayden's Rectangle. Now, it's one of three neighborhoods selected for a nationally known program called Cure Violence. The others are in North St. Louis, in Walnut Park, and Wells Goodfellow. As St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman tells us, Dutchtown is viewing this new program with a mixture of caution and hope. Thomas Dunn Learning Center sits at the edge of Marquette Park in Dutchtown, the heart of where the city will implement Cure Violence. Kids from the neighborhood can take GED classes, use the computer lab, and sometimes grab a snack. There's nothing specifically anti-violence about any of these offerings. But Kaylin Vincent, Thomas Dunn's youth program manager, says they provide important support for kids who might otherwise get involved with violence. More safety, more things for them to do um, that they know that they are able to do, and that's for free. Um, just more opportunities for them to be off of the streets. Vincent has heard about Cure Violence and likes the program strategy. I think the way of making an, an epidemic and like a sickness kind of and like focusing our minds on that. Cure Violence started as Chicago ceasefire in 1995 and has been tried in hundreds of cities since then. Its model has two parts. Interrupters, or neighborhood residents with street cred, try to stop conflicts before they get violent or escalate to someone getting killed. Outreach workers help get the people most likely to commit violent crimes connected to social services like job training and treatment for substance use disorder. The goal is not only to reduce violence in the short term, but to bring it down in the long term by changing the norms of the community. The city has committed more than $7 million to cure violence over the next three years. Board of Aldermen President Lewis Reed made it a priority. He's made a bold prediction about what it could do for the number of homicides and shootings in St. Louis. You know, next year, if everybody has done their part appropriately, we should see a 40 percent drop. Based on 2018 data, that would mean almost 80 fewer shootings and two fewer homicides in Dutchtown. Available research suggests Reed may be a bit too optimistic. A 2015 review of past research on cure violence found that while homicides and shootings dropped in many neighborhoods, it wasn't clear that cure violence was the cause. In other neighborhoods, cure violence didn't have much of an impact at all. Still, Jeffrey Butts, one of the paper's authors, endorses the program. He's the director of the Research and Evaluation Center at the John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York City. Cure violence is not the solution to gun violence, but it's relatively cheap and it has effect and it definitely should be in the toolkit of any city. But not everyone is sure that cure violence is a good fit for Dutchtown. Cassandra Logan runs Logan's Kids Resale on Merrimack, about a block from Marquette Park. In her view, its interventions are meant more for gang violence, which is not what's happening in her neighborhood. I don't think it's gang-related or anything. It's just individuals that, you know, are misdirected, confused, angry, frustrated, not educated, you know, 
Uh, it's a gamut of things. She says officials should have done more outreach before deciding to try cure violence in Dutchtown. Because of how good old things been done, there's a great distrust um, with anything that is bought in to say supposed to help the community, the neighborhood, our youth. And it's like a camouflage, like, oh, it's just making like you are doing something, but yet you all never ask. Paula Gertner, the CEO at Thomas Dunn, says the neighborhood has been asked over and over again what it wants to see. She says the gap is in communication. We know that it's been successful, but we don't know how St. Louis is going to use cure violence. And that would help the community. Um, it would help us so we can position our programs. There's also a larger funding question. The city money covers the data and staffing costs of cure violence, but only for three years. And so far, there's been no boost in funding for things like drug treatment and job training, which are a key part of the strategy. Reed believes the cure violence model will be so successful, lawmakers will have to keep funding it. And while he always supports more money for services, he doesn't expect the need for them to grow that dramatically. Remember I said 1% of the population is responsible for, you know, you know, 60, over 60% of the violent crimes that we see in our city. So we're not talking about uh, bringing, you know, 20,000 more people into the system. If all goes according to plan, interrupters should be on the streets of Dutchtown, Wells Goodfellow, and Walnut Park in the spring. I'm Rachel Lippman. St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt at Wayne Radio on Twitter. And from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.